welcome aboard Imagination Skyway, your grand podcast tour of the magic. I'm your host, Matthew Krull, and in today's episode, we're going to discuss perhaps my favorite resort at Walt Disney World, Disney's Coronado Springs Resort. For a while now, a lot of you have requested we do resort-specific episodes where we dive into some of the details and the reasons why you should consider staying at the various resorts around property, and I'm hoping this particular episode will inspire you to plan a trip to Disney and stay at Disney's Coronado Springs. We're going to discuss a full range of topics about this resort, including the history, backstory, and some of the details you might not have noticed about this particular property, as well as the room options, dining. We're going to talk about Kronos Club at this resort, which I adore, the recreation in pools, and some of the reasons why you should consider staying here on your next Disney vacation. At the end of the show, we'll return to Imagination Central, where I'll share some ways in which you can stay connected with Imagination Skyway, how you can discuss this topic with other members of our listener community, and how you can help to support and inspire the future of this show. Please remain seated, keep your hands and arms inside the podcast at all times, and enjoy your grand circle tour aboard Imagination Skyway. So today's conversation I have been really looking forward to. It is one of my favorite topics on social media with my friends, and it's so simple. It just involves where I love to stay when I visit Walt Disney World. And there have been listeners in the past who have actually asked if we could do episodes that focus around specific resorts. So honoring both of those, my passion for this resort and the fact that we want to do more podcast episodes about specific resorts at Disney. Um, Today's conversation is going to be all about Disney's Coronado Springs Resort, a resort that quickly snuck up on me just a few years ago and has easily become my favorite a place to stay on Disney property. And that includes many of the Disney Vacation Club resorts. Now being a Disney Vacation Club member, I've said before, if if Disney's Coronado Springs became a Disney Vacation Club resort at any point, I would have purchased immediately. And if it does, I'm going to add on immediately. And we're going to talk about why. And I brought on a few guests who are also passionate about this subject. Um, maybe not quite to the same level as me, because I know I talk about this a lot. Um, but I first wanted to welcome back uh, Kim Collins from Magical Park Vacations. How are you, Kim? Good. Thanks for having me back. And I think I might be on that same level as you. I uh, have been out of Springs. <laughs> well, we'll we'll figure that out at the end of the show. <laughs> um, so good to have you back. And I'm excited to have you on for that reason. And uh, new guests on the show who are Patreon members and uh, longtime friends now of the podcast, um, Bill and Aaron Zeiss. How are you? We are good. We're excited to be on the show. Yeah, thank, thank you I, for having us. Thank you for taking a chance on newbies. <laughs> I always do. You guys are experts at Disney, though. And when it comes to this particular resort, we share that same passion. So that's why you were the folks I wanted to have on the show. And I'm really excited to chat with you. Um, I will say I came prepared for this episode because 
I like to do a little bit of digging and figuring out the backstory, the history about the particular parts of Disney. If you've been listening to the show for a while, you probably know that. And that includes the resorts. And I was really surprised at how much there is to the backstory and the history and the details of this resort that I think for this group speaking on the show and for hopefully those of you listening will give you an even deeper appreciation for this property. So I'm excited to talk a little bit about that. But I didn't uh, formally prepare Bill and Aaron for this. But if you listen to the show, you know, um, I always ask new guests their favorites. (laughs) And so um, I'm going to go to the two of you. But because today's discussion, I think, is a little bit more laid back and hoping it makes you feel like you're at home, like we feel when we're at Coronado Springs or at any any of our favorite Disney resorts, my questions are a little bit different. So normally I would ask your favorite Disney park, but I am switching the language slightly. Um, I'm going to put Bill on the spot first and then I'll go to Aaron, but I might switch it up after this. Um, which Disney park makes you feel the most at home? <clears throat> yeah. Um... I think it goes along with the whole favorite park theme. I would have to say uh, Epcot, and I would have to say specifically World Showcase. Uh, yeah, I think about it a lot, and World Showcase is the part of parks that really makes me slow down. Like everything else, I want to hit everything as quick as possible. I want to get all the tra- World Showcase. I I take my time. I appreciate all the details and. Uh, I would say I probably feel most at home, and that's when I first know I'm like in Disney, even if I've went to every park before that. World Showcase is a must for me. I uh, I'm right there with you at Epcot. Um, Aaron, how about you? Ah, you're, you threw me a curveball because my favorite. I think it's going to be a different answer than my favorite park because my my favorite park would would have been Animal Kingdom. Mm-hmm. However, I think. I also need to say Epcot because Animal Kingdom is newer, I mean, in comparison. And I think Epcot gives me more of that like nostalgic, you know, reminiscent vibe, which gives me more of that at home feel, I think, than Animal Kingdom. Um, And of course, Epcot is up there in the running for favorite park anyway. So I think more for that nostalgia factor. I think I have to also agree with Bill and, and say Epcot. It's a good choice. Yeah, Aaron, I have the same answer as you for both of those because I do often say that Animal Kingdom is my favorite park for the Imagineering, for the the diversity in the park, the different attractions and the theme and the food that you can get there. But Epcot is the one where if I had to like pick one park to go to for the rest of my life, just because it feels like home, I would pick Epcot as well. Next question is is a simpler one. I'm giving you one easy one here, um, which is your favorite Disney attraction. And uh, Bill, I'll start with you first again. Ah, <clears throat> so Aaron gives me a hard time about this. Um, for the longest time, it has been Flight of Passage. And only recently, probably the last trip, I had to flip it to Guardians um, over at Epcot. I just, the, the, the amount I get in, like, in that ride and I'm excited and I'm screaming and I love the music. Um, I think the last trip I had to change my answer to to Guardian. So it's come a long way. <laughs> that's good to hear. Uh, attraction I cannot ride, but that's okay. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Aaron, Aaron, how about you? 
I love me some Guardians as well, but it's it, it's not going to you know take over my favorite, which is always going to be Pirates of the Caribbean. Always. Um, I love that attraction yeah. too. Yeah. I would have to uh, again. I would have a similar answer. If we were talking about Disneyland, that is absolutely the attraction that I pick. Um, all right, Aaron, I'm going to throw the next one over to you first. So I sometimes like to ask favorite Disney movie, but I'm going to ask it a little bit again, a little bit differently. Um, what is your biggest Disney comfort movie? Um, so I'll say for me, because I haven't answered this question, so I'll answer this one first, just to give you a couple of seconds to think about it. Um, Ratatouille is my Disney comfort movie. It's the one I could watch in the background time and again, and it just always makes me feel really... Um, like uplifted and and uh at home whenever i watch that movie just with the music and the the colors and the story and the optimism it's just such a fantastic comfort film so it's my favorite pixar movie but also probably my biggest disney comfort film i i think i have a new one since we just rewatched all of the toy story movies i i think i have to say toy the original toy story um, again, I think just because, you know, I watched it when I was younger and just rewatching it, it was very nostalgic and comforting and, um, I loved it so much more than I remember. So I think, I think I'm going with Toy Story. Really good answer. Yeah. Maggie's been obsessed with Toy Story lately. <laughs> um, Bill, how about you? I am going to go with the movie that I pretty much always try to watch on the plane on the way to Disney because it gets me in the mood for yeah. just right there um i'd say moana and you know there's a lot of good ones out there like coco and Encanto and all that stuff um i really love those movies but moana for some reason i can just keep watching if i had to watch it day after day i would really enjoy it every time and it leaves me with a really good feeling and i love the music so that's an excellent answer you know, I had a fourth question, but I think that was a really good note to end it on. So we're going to just cap it off there because I also love the fact that Encanto and Coco kind of tie well into our theme here, um, especially Coco. So <laughs> Disney's Coronado Springs, obviously it, the resort has been around for a while. Um, I'll talk a little bit about the history of the resort. It's fascinating. Um, I'll talk about it in a little bit, but the resort did open um, August 1st, 1997. So it's not the oldest Disney moderate resort that goes to Caribbean Beach, um, but it's a very unique moderate resort. It's one of the newer ones, one of the last ones to open at Walt Disney World, but, um, you know, it's changed over the years as well. So I think we're going to maybe talk a little bit about the significance of the change of the resort. It certainly changed my perception of this property. Um, it's one that I, again, I've stayed at before the 2019 refurbishment and many times after, and I always liked the resort before, and now I absolutely love the resort. Um, and I think, you know, the first time I stayed there might've been in, I had to go back and look, I think it was 2015 or 2016 for a conference. I just happened to be attending a conference for work that was at the Coronado Springs Convention Center, and I stayed at Coronado Springs. And right there, I immediately fell in love with the property. Um, and again, it, it kind of hit another level when I when I stayed again after the refurbishment and the addition of Grandestina Tower. But for all of you, um, Kim, do you, do you remember the first time you stayed at Coronado Springs? 
Yeah. So mine actually might be completely different than yours. My first time was actually staying in Grand Destino Tower. I want to say like maybe two years ago. So that was my first time. And so I kind of probably got a different perspective than what you have with Grand Destino Tower and just Coronado Springs in general. And it was at like one time it completely like I fell in love with the resort and it is now my favorite. I think my favorite resort on property. Yeah, that's uh, same for me. Bill, Aaron, do you uh, did you stay before Grandesino Tower was there? We did. We stayed. I want to say twenty seventeen time frame. It was pre refurbishment. Um, I think we went from. We always loved the resort, the restaurants, all of that. But we kind of flipped our opinion very, very greatly on Coronado Springs. Um, we actually didn't love the the room pre renov you know before the renovation was not yeah. our favorite however we had a great experience in the the resort so once um you know we returned a couple years ago to the tower it again has completely flipped and is now our, our favorite resort so i don't know if you have anything to add yeah <laughs> I, I agree i think we'll get into like all the amenities and the and the, the offerings that that resort has um that both the Grandestino Tower and the original Coronado Springs um, has, and they share them all, obviously. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's such a overlooked. I still think it's overlooked in terms of everything that they do offer. Um, there's a lot of stuff that Aaron and I still haven't taken advantage of, and and I know it's there, and and it's there anytime we wanna we wanna we'll try it out. So. Yeah, there's certainly a lot to offer there, and we'll get into some of the specifics. This might be a good place to talk a little bit now that I understand when all of you stayed there to talk a little bit about the history of the resort. And, um, you know, it, amazingly, when I was sort of doing a lot of research, I have to give a lot of credit, and I'll actually link the article in the uh, the description of this episode, a lot of credit to allears.net, because when I was doing my background research, they had the most comprehensive um research on this subject that I could find with quotes directly from Imagineers. And they did a lot of the research during the 2019 refurbishments, which is why they got so much information about this property um, to talk about the history of the resort, why it was going through the change that it did. And some of the, of course, things to look forward to when guests would see the re renovated rooms and the addition of the tower and <clears throat> the new restaurants on property um, when that opened. But prior, and I did not realize this, prior to being Disney's Coronado Springs Resort, it was originally, that site was originally planned to be Disney's Alpine Resort. Um, because right across the street is Blizzard Beach. And this was thought to be a resort that was going to, um, you know, be directly across the street from on the site, uh, Blizzard Beach, with a chairlift ride you could take to get to Blizzard Beach very you know, future thinking, sort of a, a preview of what ended up being the Disney Skyliner. The reason they decided against it was they were planning to have views of Blizzard Beach. So you'd actually be able to go out and sort of like look out at a ski resort, which would have been really amazing. But they knew that when they were doing a little bit more due diligence, Blizzard Beach just about every year has to go through maintenance. I think they alternate years between Typhoon Lagoon and Blizzard Beach. But there are periods that that water park is going to be closed for months. And not only is it going to be closed, 
but the view is not going to be ideal because the whole water park will be drained. It's going to be sandblasted. There's going to be lots of stuff happening to maintain that property. So they decided against Disney's Alpine Resort and instead pivoted to Disney's Coronado Springs Resort. And part of the reason for this was they needed a new moderate resort, but they also realized they needed more convention space at Walt Disney World. So Coronado Springs became the first and only, still to this day, the only moderate resort with a convention space. Um, it's also the largest convention space at Disney. I think for a while, their ballroom was the largest in the Southeast um, of all conference rooms in the Southeast. But um, it is a resort that's located in the Animal Kingdom Resort area. I would argue that it's, you know, while it's technically in the Animal Kingdom Resort area, it is very close to Hollywood Studios and Epcot as well. In fact, you can see all three of those properties from Grand Casino Tower. You can see how close Animal Kingdom is. It really is in their backyard, but also very close to Epcot and Hollywood Studios. Um, it's this blends, I think a lot of people know, of Southwestern and Mexican influences. influences. And part of the reason they did this was in creating a convention space that's also a Disney resort where families were going to vacation, they needed to find a way to attract business goers and tourists who were there to vacation. And the Southwestern style, they realized was a better was better to attract um, convention goers who wanted a little bit more of a neutral tone um, and a more of a serious tone. So that's why even the rooms didn't have a lot of Disney aesthetic to them. They were really well themed, but didn't have a lot of Disney aesthetic aesthetic to them. And the Mexican side of it, they felt would, um, you know, emphasize more fun and color and flavor that would attract more of the the uh, the families that were vacationing at Disney and wanted that fun environment. So it was this really beautiful blend of uh, the American or United States Southwest with the Mexican influences as well. Um, there is a backstory, and this is where I'm gonna gonna end this because then we'll we'll talk about I'll talk about another time sort of the um in this in this episode. Grand Casino Tower, because that's a totally different story. But um, in the research that I did, again, huge props to all ears. Uh, the backstory of Coronado Springs is actually based on Francisco de Coronado, um, who's, who left Mexico in 1540 to search for the fabled seven golden cities of Chibola. Um, And this is a quote from the article. Coronado Springs was founded by the descendants of a Spanish explorer named Juan Francisco. Searching for gold in 1569, Francisco stumbled upon the ruins of a 46-foot-tall Mayan pyramid. Hundreds of years later, relatives found his charts and decided to mount an expedition of their own. The rugged group liked the place so much that they built houses and put down roots on that land. So that became the resort. So there is a lot of influence. And when we talk about the outer buildings, because we're going to have to talk about that too, the uh, Casitas, Ranchos, and Cabanas all have real influences from places across Mexico and the Southwest United States um, and different areas too. So there's there's a lot of really great detail that when you sort of peel back the curtain and look at how this resort was designed, even for you know, for a moderate property, it has a lot of detail and a really intricate story that goes into it. So that being said, um, I'll sort of I'll sort of pause right there before we talk about Grandestino Tower. Um, but you know, Kim, for I'm going to turn this over to you for a second only because you obviously talk quite a bit with uh, guests who visit Disney. 
Um, you know, who makes for a really great say candidate to stay at Coronado Springs? Who do you typically advise to stay at this property other than Bill, Aaron, and myself? We're the three most <laughs> repeat guests for this property for you. Um, you know, other than the three of us, uh, why should people consider staying at this resort or who would you consider to be a really great fit to stay here? Yeah, I love this resort because I think it fits a lot of different categories for people. And I think we've had this conversation before. Um, there are so many different price points within the resort of Coronado Springs. So I think if you are on the low end of the price point of the moderate, um, you can still stay you know, in one of the outer building rooms and stay there for on the cheaper side, but still get all the amenities of staying at Coronado Springs. But then you also have club level and Grandestino Tower for someone who's looking for more of that, you know, high end level of Disney. So it's really great I, for so many different families um, looking for, you know, maybe not that in your face Disney, like you talked about, it's not in your face Disney, but it's still that Disney magic and you're still staying on property. And I think it truly could fit so many different families. And it's always on my recommendation list whenever I'm talking to families. Yeah. Um, Bill and Aaron, I'll ask you the same question. You know, what are some of the reasons that Coronado Springs is appealing to you as guests? I think especially Grandestino Tower, it we are the perfect candidates to stay there. I think, you know, it's generally the two of us, you know, we don't have kids. So I think the tower, um, just the vibe of it, the theming um, just fits exactly what we're looking for. I think um, I'm 100% a Disney fan, but I do like the subtle Disney theming. Um, you know, it just gives you a feeling that you truly are on vacation you you know when you get back to the resort you kind of feel like you're escaping a little bit the hustle and bustle and it, it always feels relaxed to me even when it's not I don't know it just it just has that feeling so um you know again all the food options which I'm sure we'll, we'll get into so there's just oh yes yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that that's my take yeah no <clears throat> I agree I think I think the fact that it is subtle um I love when you notice the connection to Disney, besides the cast members, obviously that are that are amazing, um, you're just disconnected from the crowds, from the parks. You feel like you're on vacation away from from all of that. And so when you get back to your resort from from the parks, it's it's just like you can relax. It's it's not like you're dodging people. Um, no matter how busy it is, even if there's a conference, it doesn't feel you know chaotic. It, it's it's designed so well. Um, I think the crowds are spread throughout. It's a huge property. And so I think that helps. And there's a lot, a lot of uh, things to do there. So I, I think it just just adds to that. So I agree. Yeah, they did a great job designing this property so that the convention center is a little bit removed. It is I mean, it's directly attached to the other um, parts of El Centro, but it's it's still removed in a way that uh, you don't really see those convention goers uh, when you are on property, except for like when the the day's convention activities are over and everybody's you know flocking to the Laguna Bar or to uh, <laughs> Cafe Rick's, you know, right near the convention center. There, maybe getting dinner at at the uh, Maya Grill, but um, you know, otherwise you don't really notice when a convention is happening. And at 
to your point is because the property is so large, uh, it, even with the number of rooms that are, there are on this property, there's almost 2,000 rooms um, in Coronado Springs, including over 500 that are in Grandestino Tower. Um, and you know, to Kim's point, run the gamut from your sort of standard moderate rooms and the outer buildings that you would find if you were to stay at Caribbean Beach or Port Orleans French Quarter or Riverside, all the way up to the presidential suites that you can get on the top floor um, for, you know, a couple thousand a night that you can stay there. <laughs> um, you're really talking about a, a wide range of options that are available. Um, not to mention that this is the so it's, like I said, the only moderate resort that has a convention center. Um, it's also the only one with a spa um, and fitness center. And to Kim's points, they have a club level. It's the only moderate resort with club level and competitively priced club level as well, which is for all these reasons really why I categorize Coronado Springs as a sort of moderate premium or moderate deluxe hybrid rather than just a moderate resort because of the ability to start at the moderate level, but then scale up to this deluxe level vacation um which makes it really so flexible and and gives you so many options that are there and especially if you love the theme is a really great reason to stay here um so let's talk a little bit about um the uh, let's talk about chronos club because i did i did queue up the the club level and that does make this i'm going a little bit out of order from how i even plan to do this but um you know, I I originally, first time I stayed at Kronos Club, Joanna and I decided that we were going to do a one-night splurge in a standard room in Grand New Tower, club level, and then spend the rest of the trip in an outer building. Um, I think we did like another four nights in an outer building. We stayed in the Casitas section, which love the Casitas as well. Um but we were immediately sold on that one night at Kronos Club. So the next trip, we did the entire stay at Kronos Club. And then as Kim knows, we've we've um, made use of Magical Park vacations a couple of times with Kronos Club as well, um, including our most recent group trip, which we'll maybe have to talk about too. But um, Kronos Club really is, you know, you do get that club level service at this property. Um, you know, Kim, I'll, you know, from the agency side of this, I'll throw this over to you first. So uh, when when guests are considering um, staying on this property or maybe even considering staying in other resorts that have a concierge level or club level, um, you know, what are some of the reasons that people decide to stay here or some of the reasons why you might tell someone that it's a good fit for their family to choose those club level rooms? Yeah, um, a lot of people um, who do choose club level, I have seen is families with little, little ones or like couples who don't have any kids just because they like to go in, grab the food in the morning, which I think might pay for itself. If you have little ones, even if you don't have little ones to just go into a club level early in the morning to get your breakfast before you hit the parks, I think is worth itself. Um, but then throughout the day, it's just so convenient to go in there and get drinks to just kind of like go and chill in there, grab a snack. Um, I recently just stayed at the Polynesian club level. I know it's not the same as Corona. It's on my list to stay club level at Grandestino. I have not done it yet. Um, but I don't know if I can go back to staying non-club level once I've done it. It's just <laughs> It's so nice. And it's that next level of Disney service that you get when you're there. And it's just so convenient to be able to grab some food and some snacks and even to take some snacks in with you um, into the parks. Um, so 
you know, those clients who are looking for that next level of service is usually like the the group that is going to be staying club level or, you know, like a couple like Bill and Aaron who don't have any kids can go in there, grab some cocktails, you know, f- during like that time frame of the day. And so, yeah, I'm I'm sold on club level. I can tell you that right <laughs> now. <laughs> it's well, I'll tell you that. I mean, the Coronado Springs club level is about what half the price per night of the uh, the Polynesians yeah. club level. Yeah. So you get uh-huh. that same level of service. I don't I know you're not on Seven Seas Lagoon. You're not on the monorail line. You don't have that magical Polynesian feel to it. But it's for me, I mean, it's it's very competitive with deluxe resorts. Um, I and, will uh, add yeah. this. I was asked the question the other day if I could choose between Polynesian and Grandestino, and I picked Grandestino, and I stand with that pick. I love the Polynesian. It will always hold a special place in my heart, but there's just something about Grandestino that just, it keeps beating out these like other resorts that I stay. It just feels like home. There's one resort on property that gets more passionate um the defenders than any other resort or property and that is polynesian so i feel like there are people listening to the show who are feeling very (laughs) upset right now that you said that but um and i was one of them i was (laughs) i was polynesian all day long like that was my resort and grandestino has definitely beat it out i was gonna say you know i've stayed at polynesian too and um you know it gets there's there's a nostalgia factor for some resorts and polynesian is one of them um when you remove the nostalgia factor polynesian is a fantastic resort no denying it but there is something about grandestino tower that for me takes the cake um so anyway that's a long segment or transition (laughs) now no i had to add that in long transition to bill and aaron um because you were the only ones on the group trip that i was able to convince to try club level and i feel like we really bonded in club level on this day. So um, what was your first impression of Kronos Club? Um, I wouldn't say imposter syndrome, but, um, you know, it, 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 you do feel like you've taken the next step uh, in uh, Disney service. I mean, you can, you can check in with with the concierge there. You don't have to go through the normal check in desk if you, if you're still doing that and not using the app. Um, you can go to them with any question you have, and, and they will they will do everything they can to help you. And and they did that with us. I mean, it was amazing. Sorry, but um, just having that place to hang out and it's dedicated to club level. I mean, it was it was special for me. It's special for Aaron. Like when we got to when I popped in there and. I saw you, Matt, with uh, Joanna and, and Maggie. Um, I was like, ah, I could stay here all day just hanging out with you guys. I mean, it, it was it was. Great. I could too. Yeah, <laughs> it was nice, and you can't beat that uh, that coffee bar too. That little, you know, any kind of coffee you want, right there. I love that. So, yeah. Yeah, you've you've ruined us. Yep. <laughs> I'm sorry. You have. <laughs> I ruined myself no, in, first, in to be way. clear. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I'm. Like, I think like Kim said, I'm, it's once you've experienced it, it's so hard to, to go back. And, and this is the first club level we've been to, so we can't compare it to Polynesian or any others, but it was a magical experience. Um, you can get Pog juice mimosas. They'll bring them right to you. Um, you know, like Bill said, you can get drinks, you can get coffee. The breakfast food was amazing. So while it was never really on my radar before. I think I was of the mindset of like, oh, we don't we don't need to do that. Now that we've done it, 
we've tried it. Um, we're yeah, we're we're kind of sold. So, and they have they have their own pin pin trading they station there too. So it's exclusive we to like the club to level. So yeah, <laughs> special access. They'll stick some special pins on there sometimes. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it is pretty amazing. The I'll, I'll start with the service that you get there. The cast members are amazing, and they're amazing everywhere. They are exceptional in club level, um, and like. Like you, I really, I have not stayed in club level before. Kronos Club is really the only place I've stayed. The only other exception is like back in the day when I was a cast member, my sister graduated from high school. That was back when I could still get like a 50% discount on rooms. So my parents decided to treat my sister and myself to celebrate her high school graduation to um, a few nights at the Yacht Club concierge level. So, but that was not as fresh in my memory. We're going back like 15 years. So um, <clears throat> that being said, I mean, even just if I had to remember, I really feel like I loved Kronos Club more than I even loved the Yacht Club club level. Part of that is, you know, the view that you get up there, you are on the the second to top floor. The top floor is Toledo and Dahlia Lounge, but you're just below it, overlooking Disney's Hollywood Studios, Swan Reserve, Swan and Dolphin. You can see Spaceship Earth. You can watch Epcot Forever or whatever nighttime show is going to be at Epcot after Epcot Forever. From there, you can technically see Fantasmic from there um, to the point where there were there are still plenty of nights if I'm staying there that I choose to leave the park early because the Kronos Club does close at 10 p.m. To get back to Kronos Club around like 8 o'clock or so when they reopen for, um, or they're, they're open all day, but for uh, when they start serving dessert, um, get myself some, you know, that complimentary dessert that comes with club level, uh, like a decaf cappuccino, which I also decided to purchase for this conversation to have with me to just relive that vibe. Not quite the same. Um, just watch Epcot forever in the distance. They dim the lights. They don't pipe in the music, but um, such a like a beautiful view. But then the service you get from the cast members, um, I think Aaron is still the general manager for Kronos Club. Um, the whole staff there, not only when we stayed there last year, did they remember us every single day if i went up there by myself to grab a couple of bottles of water for the day um <clears throat> the staff would be like how was maggie's day yesterday you went to epcot right how did she what was her what was her favorite attraction i'd like show them pictures they'd get all excited she would come up they would be so excited to see us and maggie and um you know they really made it extra special and then when we months later you know we're talking august to may so many months in between went back um a couple of staff members remembered us and remembered maggie and we're asking, you know, how what it's like to be back. They were trying to remember when we were there before. Um, really just top level service that totally pays for itself. Um, I will say, though, if you're the type of person who's a rope drop to close, um, you sh probably should not do Kronos Club because it does open at um, it formally starts serving food at 7 a.m. They do open at 630 is when they open the doors. So you can start getting coffee and just grabbing a seat and they close at 10. So unless you're really going to take advantage of it or unless you're going to take like a midday break at the resort, you're really not going to be able to leverage the benefits of that cast member service and the space. You've got board games up there. It's just really a wonderful place to stay. Um, Kim, the only thing I wanted to throw this over to you on just because I want to make sure this is accurately described. I know there are some additional benefits that come with club level at all the resorts. Um, including a dedicated VIP line even before you check in for your stay. So what are some of those additional 
um, benefits that come with club level. Yeah, so there's not as many, I believe, as when we were pre-COVID, but it is obviously getting access to the club level lounge and getting access to all the food and drinks that are in there throughout the whole entire day. Um, you do get someone beforehand if you want to call and request like certain things. Um, they are there to help you. They're there to help you during your stay, which Bill had mentioned. Um, if you have any questions or need anything, um, they're there for you. Um, so those are really the major ones right now. Um, I think a newspaper is also included, but I have never had anyone use that perk. Um, so as of right now, I'm hoping maybe in the future they'll add some more um, benefits to club level. But, you know, as of, as of aren't, now, that is Aren't they also the first ones to roll back minivan service to and from the airport? Yes, yes, yes. Thank you for, for reminding me of that. I um I'm planning to maybe try it out um because I've never done minivan service to and from the airport. So Colleen did. That. Um Colleen did it, I believe, on our last trip. Um she yes. used the minivan service from the airport and she said it was obviously phenomenal. We've <laughs> yeah, of course. Done it at the resort, but going from the airport, it is not um on the cheaper side of things. I will mention oh, that yeah. there are cheaper options to go from the airport, but it is a nice because it is obviously, as we know, Disney cast members who are driving you from the airport to the Disney resort. So yes, absolutely. Well, I'll be testing it out to see how it stacks up in value um, and giving my, my honest feedback on that, but I know it's not the cheapest option to and from the airport. Um, well, let's talk a little bit about transportation. Cause I, I feel like this is one of the um, you know, there's not a lot in the cons column and I don't think that this is necessarily a con to the resort, but it is a property that the only option if you are not renting a car is to take the bus. Um, there is no monorail, there's no ferry or water taxi, there's no Skyliner, um, there's nothing except for the bus. So it's very similar to um, staying at <clears throat> Port Orleans. Um, well, actually, no, Port Orleans, they have the, the the ferry to Disney Springs. I take that back. Uh, I don't think there's another, All-Star is the only other yeah. resort I think that only has a bus that's available um, in animal right? kingdom and animal kingdom. You're right. That is the other one. That's the other one. So we have one value, one moderate and one deluxe resort that are <laughs> bus <laughs> only. Um, you know, I have taken advantage of the bus and I think, especially if you're staying in, um, well, honestly, any of the, any of the resorts, they have the, they have, I think four bus stops on, yeah. on property. So they do make all four stops. Um, I have never had a problem with the bus. I don't know if any of you have either, if you have like delays or long lines at Coronado Springs, but I've never experienced that. I have not had any problems. I haven't had any clients who have really had any issues either. Um, it's just obviously it is the only mode of transportation I'm hoping and fingers crossed in the near future or distant future, maybe the Skyliner will end up over there. You never know, but. I was going to ask if you all felt like this might eventually add a Skyliner or if you think it might benefit from the Skyliner it's not it's you know on the Walt Disney World like drawn map it doesn't look that far it, it's not that close either when you really map it out but like from uh like a satellite image view it's it's a little far but it's still it's there like you could maybe add a direct line to Epcot or maybe you build a Skyliner to Animal Kingdom mm. I don't know but any of you take advantage of that um yeah yeah i think we would 
you know, I was thinking about this beforehand and I, I almost look at it as a pro. I know you said it's not necessarily a con, but to me, I think about how much traffic probably goes through like Riviera, uh, just based on the Skyliner, right? You, you have people checking, we've done it. We checked it out, hop on the Skyliner. It's super easy. And I think that also keeps, that keeps Coronado Springs quieter. Mm -hmm. Um, it might not be the most convenient thing, but again, for some, like for us, you know, we don't have a problem either bringing renting a car or we just take an Uber sometimes if, if we really want convenient, it, they're pretty cheap. Um, and I think it keeps, it keeps less people at the restaurants, the restaurants get full anyway. Um, but yeah, I kind of look at it as a pro. It helps with that disconnected feel. Yeah, I agree. I think because it's a con to so many people, it's a pro to us. <laughs> yeah. That's usually the case for me too. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like he said, we're, we're happy to grab an Uber now, or obviously we'll take the bus if we, you know, if we need to, you know, well, there's so many, despite the lack of transportation, there's still a couple, a couple options. And yeah, a lot of times we have a car. So we, we kind of think of it as a good thing. Yeah. And I will say that there's no real long bus ride. The longest bus ride is the magic kingdom. That is the farthest. I think that's maybe you're talking about like 10 to 15 minutes, <clears throat> depending on where you're starting at the resort, um, depending on traffic and all other factors, but it's it's five minutes tops to Animal Kingdom. It's right around the corner. Hollywood Studios, especially with now the dedicated bus entrance they have there, it's, a, again, a five-minute bus ride to these Hollywood Studios. And even to Epcot, it's just like five to seven minutes to Epcot. Disney Springs, it's also on the... That road actually does go straight to Disney Springs as well. So, And especially now, again, the buses have their own dedicated... Uh, lanes around Disney Springs. So even if there is traffic, they're able to get through relatively quickly. Um, so you're max looking at a 15 minute bus ride to or from any of these places. And uh, if you are renting a car, it is very central and located to a lot of major roads at, on Disney property. So it is very easy to navigate from one place to the next. So yeah, not Again, not exactly a con, and to to some even a pro um, to have it be a little bit quieter. Which I I do like that the resort, despite its tremendous size, is quiet and never really feels overly busy. Um, and I think part of that is Bill. You're right. There's not a lot of people who are coming to visit the resort unless they have a dining reservation at one of these restaurants. Um, I think our answer is the same on this one. As long as we're talking about restaurants, um, what's your favorite restaurant on property? At Coronado. At Coronado. Specifically. Um, I think mine's probably going to be different than your guys's. Mine's going to be Three all Bridges right. all day. So, oh, that's right, because you do <laughs> love Three Bridges. So I think I do. Toledo for Bill and Aaron, is that probably your favorite restaurant? Or you're welcome to disagree with me. If you love Maya Grill or <laughs> or Cafe it's Rick's, that's totally so cool, too. <laughs> I I, uh. <laughs> I mean, you, we could say that the food specifically yes toledo but we have yeah you're close to but i love the atmosphere at three bridges yeah. there's some items on the menu there that i crave all the time so i i think i will say toledo but it, it's it almost pains me to, to like i feel like i'm slighting three bridges by saying that. <laughs> I will, that's um, fair <laughs> i will give an like a tip of the hat to to Maya grill though because you know a, a, a nice little memory we have is the first time we stayed at coronado uh before grandestino um but it was in december it was very cold <laughs> for december 
even for December. Um, and the trip, I would say, didn't go exactly as we expected. So, so by the end of it, we were ready to go home. And uh, the night before we left, we kind of just went on a whim to go to Maya Grill. And uh, I'll get, you know, I'll get a little emotional about it. But it was it was seriously a very magical dinner. When we walk in and there's a guy playing guitar, like live Spanish guitar, he's he's playing all kinds of music, you know, he's playing other kind of Spanish. And we were just in that environment. And then the waiter was amazing, um, as expected. It made the it turned the whole entire trip around and then we were just immediately sad to leave like it, it was it was crazy we we just uh, i don't know what to how to explain it but that that was a very special evening and so maya grill it, it's got great food it's you know it's what you expect from that kind of restaurant but um you will get those moments when you least expect it right and and that was it for us so that holds a special place if the other ones are like if we just you know we all have no problem going to Maya Grill with those other great options out there on property i've also eaten at Maya Grill and i had a fantastic experience there too not quite as magical i think as the two of you but that's also because i was there on a business lunch for a conference so i'm not <laughs> going to get that same vibe i was trying to negotiate and figure out what what uh i was i had my business hat on i wasn't exactly um <laughs> vacation mode but uh, I agree. The food is, I, I haven't been there in, I guess, six, seven years now, but I remember the food being very good and comparable to a lot of the other restaurants on property. I think it was equivalent, like to me, one of the best Mexican restaurants on property is La Hacienda um, on the World Showcase Lagoon in Epcot. And this was comparable to me. The food was a very, it was very strong at Maya Grill. Um, and I love the windows sort of overlooking, um, the, uh, Lago Dorado and, you know, the, the lake and, and even now three bridges, uh, that are out there, but that I do agree, like Maya grill, it don't let that restaurant just pass you by. It is always easy to get a reservation there and it does deliver really great food and great service. So, while there are some really like bright stars across Walt Disney World when it comes to the restaurants that is on everybody's must-do list, I would never turn down a reservation at Maya Grill. Um, if someone invited me out there or if there was, you know, my first pick wasn't there, I would still love to eat at Maya Grill. So I, I think that's a great, and adding to your story, a great uh, a great restaurant that's been at the resort since it opens. So um, I'm glad that yeah. it's still there. Um. Kim, do you want to talk a little bit about Three Bridges Bar and Grill? Okay. And Aaron and Bill, I'll let you chime in. I know you love it there too. I admittedly have not eaten there since what? 2020. Oh, Matt, we need to change this. I know. You know why? Because <laughs> every time I go now, except for our May group trip, is July or August. And I really don't want to be outside. Yeah. Um, I know it. So I have to like, it, I have to prioritize making it late. And now with Maggie, I can't eat that late. So that's why I haven't made it back. And that is the only reason I haven't made it back. Yeah, I love everything about Three Bridges. I will, <laughs> I could talk about this for forever. Um, but so where Three Bridges is located is in between Three Bridges at the center of um, Coronado Springs. And the vibe, it's a indoor outdoor restaurant. So it's open to the elements. So if it is bad weather, it's not sometimes the greatest to be out there or if it's too hot. But 
at nighttime, sitting out there, seeing Grandestino, seeing the rest of the resort, there's just a vibe just sitting out there and just being very more relaxed. And um, I have to obviously give a shout out to one of my favorite cast members at Disney, Carol. She is absolutely amazing. And we've now become friends outside of just me going to Three Bridges every time and asking for her. Um, so if you're ever going to Three Bridges, ask for Carol. I know Bill and Aaron met her now and they feel the same about Carol. Um, I'm assuming Aaron might have the same craving that I do for one of the foods. The corn dip at Three Bridges is yep. by <laughs> hands down one of my favorite things I crave at Disney on Disney property. Um, it is vegan too, which is like surprising to me of how much I actually crave that. Um, so the food is delicious. The atmosphere is amazing. I've gone there and not had Carol and every single cast member has been absolutely amazing there. Um, I can't speak more highly <laughs> of Three Bridges. <laughs> yeah, we were very I, lucky to meet Carol. She was amazing and hilarious. Um, we were, we'll absolutely ask for her next time we yeah, go. Time, yeah. Um, yeah, I I second the corn dip. Um, the fact that it's vegan, you would honestly never know it. Um, I think going there, getting the corn dip, getting a burger or a poke bowl, a glass of wine, it's it's just, it's wonderful, you know, late at night. Um, we tend to go there, I think, the night before we leave a lot. So it's kind Same. of a good ending to the trip, too. It's a good time for the uh, sangria flight. Sangria flight. <laughs> you get four of those large classes of sangria, and you're like, I can never finish all these. It's <laughs> a good problem. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's I look, I need to go back and I know it. Um, I'm not gonna lie, but again, I need to, you know what? I think we're gonna be there in February, so maybe I'll try to and we're not staying at Coronado Springs, but it's gonna be our first official Disney Vacation Club resort with points. And yes, I could technically use my points to Coronado Springs, but that's not the point of a Disney Vacation Club, <laughs> pun intended. Um, so I uh, maybe I'll have to make a trip with Maggie and Joanna to eat at Three Bridges in February when it's not quite as hot outside, which is the last time I ate there was in February of uh, 2020. <clears throat> so um, before I talk about Toledo, I think this is actually a good point to discuss a little bit about um, since Three Bridges does connect the resort. It's a little bit of the heart of the resort. Um, talk about the different sections of the resort. So like I said, there are these three areas the outer buildings have always been a part of coronado springs and i did not realize that they had i could see it but i didn't actually know what the theme was and now that i did my research again huge shout out to allears.net i promise they're not sponsoring this episode they just have an amazing article <laughs> about this um there are so there's the casitas which are um kim are those the only preferred rooms are at casitas or there are do they have them at cabanas as well um, I believe there might be some at Cabanas too. Okay. So it's not the only place you can get preferred rooms, but this is close. It's it's right next to like a hop, skip, and a jump from Maya Grill starts the Casitas section. If you're walking out of Grandesino Tower, taking a, a left to go clockwise around Lago Dorado. Um, so the Casitas theme is inspired by the more densely populated areas in Mexico and the American Southwest. So you get a little bit more of a city vibe when you're in this section. 
Um, they have colorful plazas. They have fountains. They have palm-shaped courtyards. The buildings are a little bit larger, um, a little bit taller in the casita section to give off that more densely populated feeling as if you were somewhere in Mexico or in the American Southwest in sort of a more major city environment, although it still doesn't have a city feel to it, maybe a little bit more suburban. Um, <clears throat> the next stop, which is the farthest from the lobby, but still not that far, is the Ranchos section. And here it's a little bit more inspired by the arid rural areas of Mexico and the Southwest US. So it feels as if you're more in an open environment, um, get the feeling of maybe more like farmlands in this part of the world. And the Imagineers even made sure that the vegetation was accurate to what you might find in the rural areas of the American Southwest in Mexico to give it that more authentic feeling. And the last section is the cabanas, which if you exit Grandestino Tower and make a right, that's the uh, that's the section right there. And this one is a little bit more obvious. It's the only part of the resort that has a beach. And that's because this does represent the more coastal regions of the American Southwest and specifically the Gulf Coast of Mexico. Um, so it does have a beach that you can enjoy there. Um, and not quite. It's a, it's a little bit of a Polynesian beach type of vibe. It's not a huge beach, but there's enough to sort of walk on the sand and enjoy yourself. And then they also have in between cabanas and ranchos, they have the Mayan pyramid at the dig site, which actually serves as a ceremonial center in the lake. Um, and it, of course, has waterfalls waterfalls flowing. Um, and the pool is called the Lost City of Chibola Pool. It's not the only pool on property. There's others as well. So there's like a lot of pools on property. And then, of course, in 2019, they added Grandestino Tower, which is, I think, all of our favorite places to stay on property now. <laughs> and this drew inspiration directly from Destino, which was the short film developed by Walt Disney and Salvador Dali. It was originally intended for as a segment for Three Caballeros, but it never made it into the film. Um, but years later, in 1999... Roy E. Disney, who was Walt's nephew, was busy working on Fantasia 2000, and he actually came across Destino um, in his research and decided to tap John Hench, who was in retirement. At age 95, John Hench was working with Roy E. Disney to try to get Destino published, and they actually did produce and publish this short film, which for a long time was, or for a few years, not a long time, would actually was actually playing in the lobby of Grand Destino Tower, which was very cool that they actually had that. So you can watch Destino. Um, I think you could still watch it on Disney Plus. Last I checked, it was there. Um, and not only did Walt and Salvador Dali work together, but they actually became longtime friends. And so if you go up to Dahlia Lounge on the top floor of Grand Destino Tower, you'll see pictures of Walt and Salvador Dali together um, in many different, you know, walks of life or many different uh many parts of history that they were uh they were together so um the tower itself the architecture while the resort is more focused on mexico and the american southwest this pays um tributes to the spanish origins of the stories that are told at the resort so the lobby actually features five specific spanish tile designs from around barcelona and toledo which not surprisingly is also the name of the restaurant on the top floor um, that the imagineers actually discovered during their research that's just breaking the surface there's a lot of like really intricate details so if you even haven't been to coronado springs or grandestino tower definitely go and check it out because now, you know, each one of these sections has a specific theme to specific regions of Mexico, of the southwestern part of the United States, 
and of even Spain. Um, it draws a lot of really wonderful themes together, and it's uh, it's full of wonderful, authentic details. Even for the original Coronado Springs, the Imagineers went to Mexico and went to the American Southwest to get research on architectural styles, textures, vegetation, um, cultures, colors, everything to really give it an authentic feeling to it. So really well-developed moderate property overall. Um, we talked a little bit about the Three Bridges restaurants. Um, all, all of us have dined at Toledo. What are your thoughts on Toledo? I love it. I think the food is delicious. If I were just to go on food, kind of, I think what Bill and Aaron were saying, I would probably pick Toledo, but the whole vibe of Three Bridges is why I love Three Bridges probably more, but the food is probably in my top 10 places to eat on Disney property as a whole. It's absolutely delicious. Do you have a favorite dish at Toledo? Um, the filet is usually what I go for in the Brussels sprouts. Like, so I don't good. even like Those Brussels sprouts. So good. <laughs> and they're so good. <laughs> I do like Brussels sprouts, but that Brussels sprout dish is fantastic. It is. Um, Bill and Aaron, do you have a favorite dish there? I I think mine is also the filet. Um, Last time we went, we did attempt the the second to last time we went, we attempted the signature dinner for two or what what the price fix. And you get this enormous bone-in ribeye, you get charcuterie, you get the a little appetizer Flight you get night. sides you get a dessert so <laughs> it was a massive undertaking um you could probably bring four people and, and do that but that steak was also amazing every, every course so, in that was yeah. it was top top notch there that was great it is one of my top favorite restaurants i think i would i haven't been everywhere but i would probably put it in my top two to three for a, a you know fine dining experience at disney yeah yeah it's um it's easily up there for me as well. I also have not been to every restaurant on property. I still have a lot to check off my list, but it's definitely for me it's it's um competitive with California Grill. For me it's a little bit more of a casual environment. You still get that gorgeous view. It's on the the top floor of the resort um but it feels a little bit more laid back. It's a smaller environment. Um the food is phenomenal. I love the chicken there. Even something as simple as the pan con tomate which is sort of like a tomato spread on bread um it's sort of like a garlic tomato spread on uh, a few pieces of toasted bread is so good it's so basic but so good um the chicken dish is definitely my favorite though on uh on at toledo and one of my favorite dishes on property um and actually you know it's one of the reasons i love even staying at grandestino tower is it's everything is connected inside um the outer buildings you can kind of navigate craftily if it's raining outside i've done it before to get from the casita section into the lobby you kind of there's a secret patio by maya grill that then gets you into that entrance that i've definitely taken before when it's been raining or been super cold there was a really cold day in february that i navigated my way that way to uh to get inside faster but um <clears throat> yeah staying at grandestino grandestino tower you have the interior access to just about everything maya grill um Pepper Market, Cafe Rick's, the uh, Panchito's Gift Shop, Toledo, Barcelona Lounge, Dahlia Lounge. Um, the uh, bus stop as well is covered, so you can go out to the bus stop. I should add that 
the lobby was in a different area before Grandestino Tower, but now in 2019, they moved the lobby into Grandestino Tower. Now the old lobby is a really laid back seating environment, which is so chill. So if you just wanted to like grab something to drink at Barcelona Lounge or at um, Pepper Market and head to that spot, I mean, this is one of those properties where if you ever wanted to just have a laid back resort vacation. This is one of my top suggestions for places to stay to just have a sort of laid back um, resort based vacation, especially with the pools that are there. And again, you have a fitness center, you have a spa, there's just a lot of amenities on property that are well worth it. We could probably talk about the subject for a long time. Um, The only other area I want to tap on, and obviously we haven't covered every Every restaurant on on this property, there are a lot of places to dine. And again, we haven't really talked much about Barcelona Lounge or Dahlia Lounge, which are two fantastic lounges. Barcelona Lounge on the ground floor, the lower level of Grandestino Tower, Barcelona Lounge, oh, sorry, Dahlia Lounge on the top floor right across from Toledo. Um, but we should talk a little bit about pools and recreation. Have any of you made use of the pools or the spa or the fitness center or any other amenities on the property? Yes, I have gone to the pool area and I absolutely love that pool. I think because it is so much bigger, I feel, than most pools on property, minus, you know, obviously beach and yacht club. That's yeah, storm a long day. It's pretty big. <laughs> yeah, that's hands down, like, you know, the best pool on property. But for a moderate pool, I just love how big it is. You never feel like overcrowded at that pool, well, at least when I have been there. Um, and it's very convenient when you're staying at Grand Destino to just kind of walk over there. Um And like you mentioned, there are other pools on property. um, So that also might make it seem less crowded too, because there are the other pools too. Um, I loved it. I was very relaxed when I was by the pool. Um, That's, I think, the only other amenity I've used. I haven't used the fitness center or the spa or anything, but I enjoyed the pool. Yeah, I would say um, I went to the pool once, right? Yeah, I went to the pool once. It was like like Kim said, it, it was pretty quiet. There, it was the middle of the day. It was hot, so there there were people there. But it's a nice size pool, and it's right in the, you know, the bottom of the temple, uh, the Mayan temple. So that, that's a nice little backdrop when you're over there. Um, but yeah, like I said earlier, there there are the amenities like the spa. Like I, that's one of those things that we do have to check out one of these days when we're over there. Um, I think they have. Do they have two spas? I think they I think I read that they had two spots. They had one in the um the old building and then I thought they had one now in the Grandestino, but I could be wrong there. Maybe they, they have, have one in yes. They have two I was gyms. gonna say they have two gyms. They have one that's spot in the casitas section by the casitas pool. Right. That's what it is. Yep. Yeah. So you know, the spa is gonna have to be on the list at some point. It's just too convenient to have one there and not not use it. <laughs> Yeah, I haven't used it either. I ha, Kim, have they reopened? I don't think they've reopened. I'm just checking to see if they did or not. <laughs> so I know I looked to book it for August of 2022, and they were not open yet. Um, so it's possible, or maybe you know what? Maybe it was two years yeah, ago. It's just Grand um, Grand Floridian Spa that is um, has reopened. It has not reopened yet. So hopefully it will soon. Um, but it is by the Casitas pool. And just to add to the pools, I've actually, um, I've been to the dig site pool, but I've also been to the Casitas pool and the Cabanas pool. I've never been to the Rancho's pool, but there are four pools 
on property at Coronado Springs, the one main one and the three quieter ones. Casitas Pool is great, especially if you're staying in the Casitas section. And same thing for Cabanas. If you're staying in the Cabanas section, the pool's right there. And same thing for Ranchos. If you're staying in the Ranchos section, the pool's right there. Um, I will add that when I originally stayed at the resort in 20, uh, again, like 15, 16, I stayed in the Ranchos. That's where they had me in the outer building was in the rancho section it was a good seven to eight minute walk to get to um every you know the lobby and everything attached to the lobby um and i keep calling it pepper market that's the old name it's uh el mercado right it's el mercado now mercado. Uh, yeah el mercado de coronado i'm so used to the old name of it <laughs> um so el mercado which used to be the pepper market so back then i was going to pepper market to like grab something for my refillable mug and it would take like seven eight minutes to get there um the bridges that they added part of that was to alleviate some of that because it is uh three quarters of a mile around lago dorado and ranchos is all the way in the back which is why it takes a while to walk but you now can take a bridge that cuts through lago dorado so it's it literally does cut um, like three minutes from your walking time to get to Grandestino Tower, which is great. So <laughs> you can, if you're staying at Ranchos, it's still not as bad of a walk um, as it once was. But uh, lots of amenities sort of dispersed around the property from a uh, recreational perspective, which is great. The only other thing I wanted to talk about was the... I think we kind of checked off everything. The only other thing I wanted to mention was we we talked a little bit about um, the outer buildings and we talked about club level. I need to add that there are also standard rooms that you can stay at at Grandestino Tower. They are not just club level rooms. In fact, most of the rooms are not club level in Grandestino Tower. So there's plenty of opportunities to stay in Grandestino Tower without necessarily breaking the bank. Go ahead, Kim. And I will say no matter which view you choose. So there's a standard view and there's a water view. Both are amazing views. And I actually think I prefer the standard view because you usually can get a glimpse of Hollywood Studios, Galaxy's Edge. So both views, I think, are amazing there. It, it doesn't matter which one you get. I prefer the standard view as well. Um, and all the rooms, even in the outer building, since they've been refurbished, are fantastic. I love what they've done with the rooms at Coronado Springs. That's one of the top reasons we also like staying there is we absolutely love the rooms. The bathrooms are beautiful. Um, completely agree on the view. I prefer the water view. I think it's Agreed. beautiful. My but dad we does have too. Stayed the other direction, which I was, you know, very happy with as well. So completely agree on that. I'll even add from the uh, the sort of lower, more casual Disney fan perspective, because I know that all of us here and most of the people listening to the show are big Disney fans. But if you're going with family who might not be as big Disney fans, look, my my parents are they they're the ones that took me to Disney. So they love Disney, too, but not quite at the same level. Um, my dad has always been like a yacht club or bust type of person. He loves yacht club, but he is totally sold on Grandestino Tower. It is now his new favorite place to stay. My mother-in-law, um, who uh, tolerates Disney loved coronado springs um and she was really the whole time we were there because i said you're gonna love coronado springs she was impressed she was like talking up what a great job disney did with coronado springs how much she loved the resort and would stay there again so even from like a less like a more casual disney fan um or other family members who might not love disney quite as much it's a really great property for 
getting that Disney feeling without Disney being in your face um, to the, uh, to the, or like over that, over the top Disney theme that, um, you know, people might not like as much if they don't go to Disney as often. We didn't talk about music, so I'm going to totally table that, but I will add that the music on this property is some of my favorite music loops. I listened to the Grandestino Tower loop today after listening to the exterior music loop today, and I will probably listen to it again tomorrow. Uh, but is there anything else about Coronado Springs that we have not mentioned that you think would be valuable to share with listeners or that um, you know you feel is is worth mentioning? I think we covered most of it, but I, I mean, from me talking to like potential guest going, I always talk about Coronado Springs and that there is so much there. We obviously touched on a lot of their restaurants. There are so many places to eat at Coronado Springs that I think that is like a main selling point too, that if, you know, someone doesn't want to make all the dining reservations, there's usually places at Coronado Springs that you can grab a last minute reservation to as well. And they're all amazing. Like we've all kind of talked, even Rick's Sports Barn, that actually amazed me when I, I ate there for lunch one day and I was like, this is actually very good. So um, that's one of my top things that I always tell clients is that there's so many places to eat on property. There's just so much to do on that property. I know Bill and Aaron and even myself haven't even seen and experienced done everything on property um, there. So I just, there's so much to do. The vibe there is what I usually keep going back for because it is such a very relaxed vibe. Um, and it's overall just, it feels like home. I don't know. There's just sometimes no way to explain it, but it, it just, it feels like home when we walk into Grand Destino. To add yeah. to Kim's point real quick, there are 10 different places listed for dining um, on the map for Coronado Springs and nine different um, items for recreation. It's a huge, there's, there's a lot that's offered yeah. at this resort. You don't also have to go to the parks if you want to do this as a vacation. <laughs> like I said, this is <laughs> the, so one of the best places. Yeah, totolly yeah. agree. Um, yeah. Aaron, I cut you off though. What were you going to add? No, I was just following what Kim said. I feel like it's such a new resort, but I, I don't know, is it too soon to be nostalgic for it? Like I just, I, you know, walking into the room and hearing the music on the TV I mean, I've, I've heard rumors that maybe that's going away. Hopefully you both can tell me that's not true, but I hope um, that's not true. I will do my best to influence <laughs> otherwise, <clears throat> but, <laughs> but yeah, I mean the smell in the lobby, that orange, I don't even smell. know what it is that yeah. kind of orangey smell, the music they play. I think we're just, it, it does feel like home away from home already. And again, it's so new, but yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And, uh, I agree. I think the music is probably the biggest thing for me, just walking around that resort. And I, I listen to to my um, Coronado Springs playlist on Spotify that I've kind of, it's a conglomerate, conglomerate of like various people, including Matt's yep. playlist. <laughs> um, I just listen to that when I'm working. And, and I think that, you know, um, it's just, it just gives you that kind of you're comfortable there you're relaxed there and and I, I don't know it, it we're staying at the yacht club next time we go and just listening to the music today for coronado playing the resort tv loop on youtube i'm just like i miss grandestino <laughs> we it, keep forgetting we're not staying at grandestino <laughs> <laughs> so it, it, it's really it is our favorite place um above and beyond 
any of the other resorts. Um, and, it, and it will be as far as I can see. Well, I do hope you enjoy Yacht Club because that is absolutely still one of my top properties um, at Disney. So, and it it also is a very homey resort for me. So, I hope you get that same vibe being there, especially walking distance to Epcot and Hollywood Studios and Boardwalk. Yeah, um, it's my favorite. That. My favorite in that area of all those resorts in the Epcot Resort area. So. Yeah. I hope you enjoy that. But I think you all summarized this perfectly. It's definitely that it it has that space to take a really enjoyable, Kim called it like a staycation at Disney. It's certainly a term I've used before as well. I think I did an episode about Disney staycations actually uh, a couple of years ago. Um, or you can just, it's a great place to go back and feel relaxed after a long day at the parks. You can take advantage of club level. If you haven't stayed there before, to Kim's point, it's accessible to so many guests because of the various options for rooms. There are so many rooms on property. Um, I almost don't want to publish this episode because I don't want the resort to be sold out. Not to say that all of a sudden it's going to be sold out because of one <laughs> podcast episode, but uh, not that many people listen to this show. But um, you know, it's 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 always been this little secret that I feel like hasn't been shared that I feel like I'm keeping to myself, which is why I wanted to produce this episode. Um, Cause I want to let you in on this big secret, which is that Coronado Springs is an amazing place to stay at Disney. So um, all that being said, I want to uh, thank Kim, Bill and Aaron for uh, joining me on this podcast episode. And perhaps I'll have to have you back on a, a future resort related episode as well. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Thank you, Matt. Yeah, thank you. This was fun. Quick rapid fire question at the end. Which resort should we cover next? Ooh. If you had to pick one, what would you want to hear next? It could be uh, our old favorite, Wilderness Lodge. <laughs> Wilderness Lodge. That was the original favorite for us. Yeah, so, before Grandestino came in. Wilderness Lodge is one of it might be the only one. It might be the last place I haven't stayed at Walt Disney World. So this might require me going to Maybe. stay at Wilderness Lodge. Research, yes. Do we, I'm in the, do we need yeah. to take a group trip? And, and I, that's a great idea. <laughs> yes. I it think we do. It's the same feel. It's disconnected. It, it just feels yeah. disconnected from everything. So I think that's another reason why my, both of those are top of our list. Visiting there, I got that vibe. I've been there before, but I've just never stayed in a room there. So yeah. um, any other answers? Wilderness Lodge, anything else? I would say Yacht Club. Yacht Club is a good one. Yeah. That's when I would go. Welcome back to Imagination Central. I sincerely hope you enjoyed this deep dive into Disney's Coronado Springs Resort. In doing my research for this property, as much as I love it, I still had a lot that I learned about this resort, and I hope you enjoyed the conversation as well. And perhaps it'll inspire you, as I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, to uh, to stay at Disney's Coronado Springs Resort on your next Disney vacation. Of course, I do want to turn this conversation over to you and 
and like I posed to Bill, Aaron, and Kim at the end of this discussion, I'd love to ask you which resort we should cover next. If you enjoyed this conversation, which Disney resort should we discuss next? You can send in your answers and join the conversation and see what others are answering by finding Imagination Skyway on your favorite social media channel. You can find links to all those places at imaginationskyway.com or just search for Imagination Skyway on your favorite social media app. And that includes Threads, the new <laughs> the new app by Instagram, sort of a, a Twitter adjacent that's created by Meta. So you can find Imagination Skyway over on Threads as well, plus all of our other social media channels that you might already follow us. I've, of course, posted this question to a few of those places, most especially our Instagram page and our Facebook group. And if you are listening to the show months or years down the line and wants to resurface this discussion, you can always post this topic once again to the top of our Facebook community or just send me a message or tag me um, in any social media channel. And of course, I'd love to discuss this topic with you. If you don't already subscribe to the show, make sure to subscribe to Imagination Skyway on your favorite podcast app, whatever you are listening to the show on. And if you have a moment, if you love the show to leave a rating or a review in that community, especially if you're listening to this podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, our two largest podcast apps, that goes a long way to help this show out. And if you'd like to take your love of Imagination Skyway to the next level, I would encourage you to join our Patreon group over at imaginationskyway.com slash community, which is a way that you can help the show keep the lights on for the podcast and get access to some additional benefits in return. Lots of extra content. I even posted a couple of new binaural audio recordings from my recent Disneyland trip, which I look forward to recording a podcast episode about that as well. There are lots of benefits that are available to our supporters on Patreon, and you can learn more about it and see what's currently available again by heading to imaginationskyway.com slash community. As always, I do want to give a huge shout out and thank you to our Patreon members. I say this a lot, and it is 100% true. This community would not be possible without you. So I sincerely appreciate everything that you do. And remember, as always, to go after whatever hopes, dreams, goals you might have. If your goal is perhaps to try out Kronos Club at Coronado Springs, I know that was a goal of mine, and now I just, there's no turning back for me. But if, whatever your goals are in life, whether it's staying at a hotel or anything else, make that decision today and those multiple decisions today, whatever they are, to start making your dreams come true, to take those action steps today towards your goals, whatever they might be. Thank you so much for riding aboard Imagination Skyway. And remember, if we can dream it, we can do it. <laughs>